Voice of San Diego podcasts are sponsored by the Bob Nelson Charitable Fund, honoring the San Diego Harbor Police Foundation. This Voice of San Diego podcast is sponsored by Manolatis Nelson Murphy, Advertising and Public Relations. M&M brings decades of experience and their vast network to you. The firm develops insightful strategies and cost-effective tactics to help clients achieve their goals and connect to those who matter most. M&M specializes in media relations, community engagement, crisis communications, and cross-platform marketing. Learn more at mnmadpr.com. One of the things uh, I love about being part of a nonprofit news organization is that when we need them, we can call on some volunteers to come help us. And uh, Rita Schmidt-Sudman is here in the studio. She's been helping stuff envelopes. She's helped manage events. She's done so much for us over the year. And I just wanted to bring her in to say thanks. But also get to know you a little bit. Rita, you have a background behind the mic. I do. Well, I started out in my early career, believe it or not, at Channel 8 here in town and uh, worked with some of the folks like Bob Dale. This really goes back. And it was a young girl, got married, moved to Sacramento, started in public radio, and then found my way to covering water in the West. And I thought that that's an issue that I would, oh, I would be around that for a year or so. Yeah, dreadful. Because I could learn it and it would be boring. And 34 years later, I built a foundation, uh, nonprofit, and a lot of support as a journalist with journalists working with me and for me and covering all these water issues in the West. And I just want to say, you scratch water. I mean, there's politics, there's murder, there's money, there's the greatest stories in well, California history and the West is about water. Yeah, and um, you followed the work of Rye Rivard, who was here. Rye was was one he got started, and I kind of helped him get going. And then I was—he's just fabulous, and I was so sorry to see him leave. But I have to tell you, I know he'll come back to California and to the West. He's now getting the Eastern take on yeah. water, which is totally different. It's about water quality. Yeah, they—it rains back in the East. Yeah, yeah, for now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unlike here. So I think we'll get Rye back. But I know that Voice of San Diego, and the reason that I'm volunteering for it, is that you will get another good water reporter. I've just been really impressed by the work you do. And when I came back to this town now, after being gone all these years, I looked around and thought, where could where could I help? And I decided that, you know, in the time we're in now, whatever your politics are, uh, journalism is really good journalism is so important and you guys do it and that's why I'm willing to give you some of my time that's what I mean it means a lot to have people like Rita who come and do that for us um, I find it moving she also gave me some advice we took it this morning but uh, thank you so much and if you are out there and you want to help us uh, make sure we can pay for that new reporter to come in and, and at least replace in a way, what Rye did, and, and in, in different ways as well. And I want to say, we have a lot of fun here. So yeah. uh, folks come in, uh, donate to us, but then if you do you know, want to do a little more and help us, we can have a good time and we can work for a good cause. Awesome. Thanks so much. It was great hearing from you. Thank you.
Thanks for joining us on the Voice of San Diego podcast in partnership with News Radio 600 Coco. My name is Scott Lewis. I'm the CEO and editor in chief at Voice of San Diego. I'm joined as always by assistant editor Andrew Keats. Hello. Hey, Scott. And managing editor Sarah Libby. Hello. How are you guys? Great. Fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Coming up on the show this week, drama in Escondido. You rarely see someone pull their endorsement of a candidate and then give it to a rival. But you saw that this week. Also, the Shermanator is in, or is he, in the mayor's race in San Diego, the city of San Diego. We have an update on that race. And the latest chapter in the saga surrounding Congressman Duncan Hunter. Is it over? Is he done? We'll have all of that. But first, uh, <laughs> I my office is next to Sarah's, and it's just been like a constant sort of low-level giggle <laughs> for the last couple of days. What Try has got you? Try to keep it under control. <laughs> so City Beat uh, is is the is the target of the. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't well, well set up, Scott. I can't stop thinking about this gift guide. It's completely consumed me. So our contributor Kelly Davis uh, tweeted some excerpts from the San Diego City Beats. Local holiday gift guide. Yeah, so they've done it every year. It's always like an off, you know, an alternative, you know, look at the city and what you can get people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some of the ex-staffers were very proud of their work with this guide every year. And this year, the 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 entity has been completely, you know, gutted. Yes, new ownership, and they have a new gift guide. They do. So I mean, specifically. The the passage that Kelly tweeted, <laughs> so it it tells you that malls exist. Do they? And that the malls contain stores, mm-hmm. and that the stores contain goods that yeah. you can purchase as gifts. We'll call them items. <laughs> can there Wait, are give, malls? Give me the raw stuff. I want to okay. hear the raw. <laughs> For example. Fashion Valley Mall offers shops such as Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus. Hey! Westfield UTC Shopping Center has a Bloomingdale's outlet store and various dining choices. Now, this is particularly up your alley because you like malls. So I love malls. You may like malls more than anyone. Let's be clear. Obviously, City Beat folk and the people who adore them were upset that there weren't local craftsmen and boutiques and things highlighted in what should appear in a local gift guide. I happen to love malls, and I'm not upset about being told to shop in Nordstrom. However, (laughs) first of all, there is no Bloomingdale's outlet at the UTC, and how dare you (laughs) suggest that UTC shoppers are looking for an outlet. Know your audience. (laughs) Um, But, like, there are good stores at the mall. You could you could say their names. It just seems very clear to me that the amount of research available for that article was it's just a, a, a just a list just it, the directory and yeah, and not no. even and an out of date directory apparently yeah so I, I ended up going back and reading the whole thing and wow there, I mean here surely they, an, they talk about some like favorite. local neighborhoods that we could go to yeah well here's my favorite line I think or two lines you'll be amazed by what you can find <laughs> 
places such as Hillcrest and North Park. That's it. <laughs> no Period. elaboration. Period. I don't End know sentence. what you can find. Well, you'll you, be amazed. You'll be amazed. And also- <laughs> To reveal it now would to, would be to blunt the amazement. Hillcrest and North Park are places. There's yeah. no arguing with that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, And then finally, maybe get your Italian on in Little Italy. Again, no elaboration on what that would entail. And as an Italian. That was a writer who was confident <laughs> that Little Italy has at least some passing relationship with Italian culture. Yeah. There you go. And as an Italian, I'm, I'm offended a little bit. Well, what would you say getting your Italian on entails? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But you wouldn't say that about other ethnicities, I don't think. I don't, think I don't know why either. that the liberty would. Okay, so you can just picture. spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> sounds I, great. Uh, yeah, actually sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you good can't, business idea. You can picture exactly what's happened. Some poor bastard yeah. in Arizona was given 35 <laughs> minutes to write the holiday gift guide for a town they've never been to. Has never been to. <laughs> and is looking at a map, and there's a neighborhood called Little Italy, and they're like, all right, let's get our Italian on I, there. I can even provi- provide some details about that place. <laughs> there's, there's probably even like a form they fill out. It says inner ethnicity. Yes. Get it on. Uh, inner food. Uh, and and have fun. Buy things. Yeah. It's there fantastic. you go. What things? Who's to say? <laughs> Certainly we can't tell you in a gift guide. Can you read me the, the North Park Uptown sentence again, please? I need to hear that one again. So You'll be bro- amazed by what you can find in places such as Hillcrest and North Park. Which they're fortunate and that, that, it, that you, you would be amazed yeah, no, at what they, you can find. They have things to find, and they are places. It's yeah. lucky that they didn't do that for like, like, like Rancho Bernardo. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be amazed. Walkable shopping options abound in Rancho Bernardo. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so check it out. The City Beat gift guide is is riding high. I'm glad they didn't go too far with that. Like, like you can get high in City Heights. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Lots of options. All right. All right, so it was a shock to a lot of local political watchers last year when Escondido Mayor Sam Abed was defeated in the election by Paul McNamara, Escondido's current mayor, the Democrat. And one of the people most excited about that was at that time the only Democrat on the city council, Olga Diaz. Uh, now, uh, you know, she was, she, was, she was cry happy. She was very happy about that news, right? And she... In, you know, supported him, worked for him, helped him. And, and then he, in turn, endorses her in her big run for county supervisor, the most important race, I think, in the region this year. Glad I drafted it. Yeah, that's right. You drafted that one. And, um, and so, you know, big, important race. And then this week, uh, or last week, we do a profile about McNamara, you know, new mayor, how's it going? And she's quoted in it saying, yeah... He's kind of unpredictable. What else did she say? Unpredictable because of a variable level of depth on, on any given topic. On any topic. given issue, yeah. yeah. Which is... So, I mean, that one stings a little. I don't think being unpredictable is something you would necessarily be offended by. You would probably have, relish it. Yeah, people have staked their whole yeah. political career on that identity. Absolutely. Sure. But uh, whether it was that or not, 
on, was it Monday or Tuesday morning, we got a note from Tara Lawson-Reamer, who's running against Olga Diaz in that race. You know, they're both vying to be the Democrat to face off against Kristen Gaspar, the incumbent in the race for the future of the Board of Supervisors, who, what, you know, party controls it. And Tara Lawson-Reamer announces that Paul McNamara has switched from Olga Diaz to support her. And, uh, wow, I have, I have never seen... I've seen people drop their endorsement if, like, you know, the guy was accused of like something horrible or, you Kristen know. Kristen Gaspar, for example. Yeah, she did that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, or, you know, I've seen a few things like, but I, I've never seen somebody flip like that with no specific reason. Right. And then go right for the, for like the rival. Yeah, there was no announcement per se that he was unendorsing Olga. It was just an announcement that, I now endorse Tara Lawson-Reamer. Yeah, and she's great. She's very knowledgeable, which like, it's just- it's Praised her for being a uh, lifelong resident. Oh. Which I guess, is, is Olga not? I don't, I, don't know where, I don't know where Olga was born and raised. Oh, I don't know. So, But it's, it seemed like it was added intentionally uh-huh, to uh-huh. draw a distinction. Well, anyway, so I, we, we racked our brains. We tried to figure out there was a- uh, uh, sort of, you know, last time around in 2018, Nathan Fletcher's running against Bonnie DeManis and the deputy sheriff switch sides. But they that was pretty clearly like a calculated, like Nathan Fletcher's going to win this race. Let's get on the winning team thing. Yeah, the, uh, I would just say they, they endorsed Bonnie before the primary and then unendorsed after the primary. So I, I, like at least something had changed. Right. Something had taken place. Nothing, Absolutely nothing has happened since the start of this campaign, really. So we asked him, he, he was not available to comment on why Tara Lawson-Reamer told us that, you know, he's been actually supporting her in a mild way for some time, and it's just kind of completed the deal. Okay, on to the mayor's race. You ran into Councilman Scott Sherman. So last week, he pulled papers mm-hmm. to run for mayor. So we thought, my goodness, this means he is actually going to run for mayor. and Typically, an- that's why you pull papers. The analysis started flowing, but then his political consultant clarified that, whoa, he's just trying to keep his options open. Mm-hmm. And you ran into him today at city council. Yep. Did you get a final answer? Yeah, so I says to him, I says, <laughs> Councilman <laughs> Sherman. Councilman Sherman, are you running for mayor? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. The word yes. Yeah. He said, done deal. And he did a smirk that anyone who's talked to Scott Sherman will be familiar with and said, done deal. Yeah. So he's running for mayor. So a major Republican in San Diego is running for mayor now. Yes. Scott Sherman is running for mayor. And he said, he said, why? Said he's. He intends to ensure that his perspective on housing and development is reflected in the mayor's race. And is it is it fair to say he's like the clearest of if you if there is such a thing as a yimby he's the clearest one. It's his yeah his requires no caveats. When there's a question about whether you should build housing for him, the answer is yes. Interesting. More of it would be better, and yes. So yeah, I think yeah. So uh, that's what he said. And uh, he said there would be an official announcement today. So while we're recording here, that might have gone out. So 
my take is that this is bad news for Barbara Bree. That's certainly the conventional wisdom, which I don't mean derisively. Well, so here's the take. If he doesn't get anything together, he doesn't raise any money, he doesn't do a very good job like organizing the Republican Party around him, uh, maybe not. But if he does get the Republican Party to really mobilize for him, if he can be identified as the Republican choice, if he can pull some of those things, get a minimal amount of money together, then uh, uh, you know there, there are certainly no dominant majority of Republicans in town, but there's a lot still. Mm-hmm. There's still... Republicans and um, like having them yeah. all, you know, line or having them united behind him and having labor and the Democratic Party behind Te- uh, Todd Gloria, along with the Chamber of Commerce and other people, uh, you have a situation where Barbara Bree becomes the Nathan Fletcher of this race. So in Fletcher in 2012 and again in, in 2016 or 2014, 13. Well, thirteen to fourteen, yeah. Um, he was running in the primary of the marriage race. He was opposed by both Labor on the left and Democratic Party on the left, and then the Republicans and the Lincoln Club on the right. And uh, they were able to keep him out of the uh, out of the runoff election both times. And it feels like uh, you know Barbara Bree is is even maybe a little less resourced than he is in that state, right? I still feel like those are big ifs though because I think that there are enough factors to really shake up the how support might fall I mean we saw Barbara Bree get the chamber endorsement she got Father Joe's endorsement this week who he typically supports Republican candidates wait so Todd Glory got the chamber oh sorry yeah, yeah yeah but I also think that like her Issues with scooters and vacation rentals are likely to peel off some people who might be inclined to support a Republican. Um, And so it just seems like it's messy enough that it could shake out a lot of different ways. There's there's one group I'll be watching, I think, closely, the the Lincoln Club. So that was a group that trained its fire intensely on Nathan Fletcher in both 2012 and 2013 when he was running. uh, Those ads were brutal and they had a major impact on him being able to make it through the primary. At the same time, you had people who were working for Carl DeMaio going after Nathan Fletcher, try to help um, Bob Filner get through the primary as well because they wanted to face him in that um, 2012 election. And so I think- Jason the- Rowe once said that they ran the campaign for Filner that he was incapable of running himself. Right. And so- the Lincoln Club will be really interesting to watch because there's a couple major figures in the Lincoln Club, Tom Sudbury, the developer, uh, who really like Barbara Bree. And so will they will they try to boost her or or is, you know, Sherman's entry to the race something that'll that'll disrupt that? The thing I I caution is is just that one thing that local races have shown us lately is that these are low ID or low information, low name ID races. And so I think it's just healthy to build in quite a bit more uncertainty yeah. into all of our expectations. Um, I don't see any particular flaw in your analysis. I The only thing I would do is just build in a large margin of error purely on the basis that most people who vote in this race don't know that much about any of these. Yeah, totally fair. I'm just saying I don't see any version of how it's good for Barbara Bree. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could fashion an argument, but I don't, 
not it's not something I'd want to stand behind. Yeah, I, I, just in just in terms of messiness, I like I don't know. I, I think it's like another the, it's another man on the, that ballot, right? right you right, know, that's like, true. Who knows? Yeah, and and I think the one of the interesting parts is if he's the a, Republican he's a party, city councilman. I, I don't know. Who knows? If the Republican Party really is able to put him on all the things they send out and say, here's you know our choice for District Seven, here's our choice for this. And here's and here's Scott Sherman for mayor. Yeah, that can't hurt, right? So, and those are areas that you would, if it if Barbara Bree has the campaign strategy that we've sort of that we think she has based on the campaign she's run, I think she's expecting to win a lot of uh, independent, right leaning independent and Republican voters in the north of eight, and that is where Joe Leventhal will be running for city mm-hmm. council where Noli Zosa will be running for city council. And so, yeah, just getting Scott Sherman's name on on all of those mail pieces in all of those Republican voters' inboxes would just on its own do, you know, could eat away at some of her margins where she would hope to do well. Let's talk about his policies. So he did join with David Alvarez, you know, kind of notoriously a couple of years ago to support housing reforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, housing, he really did start to elevate as his main focus, the idea of, the major way to address the affordability crisis is to allow for building in as many different places as possible to support smart growth. Uh, is that, and, and he's not shying away from that at all for electability purposes. No, he told me that that'll be the focus of his campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good, uh, a, a good thing to follow if you like reading articles about uh, from around the country on uh, pro development policies. Sure. Scott Sherman's Twitter feed. Really, uh, he's, a, he's got a good little tip sheet. Really, yeah. like just like all the think tanks and stuff. All like the that. think tanks and you know, will it give publications the, from all over the country? Will it give the the lefty Yimby Dems any pause? I don't think so. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. One thing that this has settled though, Scott Sherman once again has confirmed that he's a politician. He is. As is Barbara Bree. So Barbara Bree has the signs all over that say, a problem solver, not a politician. He's famously said repeatedly, I'm not a politician. The bottom line is they're both politicians. They're both elected city council members who are running for the office of mayor. Both of those offices have in common <laughs> being political. Can I add another little point here? The She says, "Not a, I'm a problem solver, not a politician. Well, wouldn't political skills in a political office be the way that you solve the problems? Who's like, to say? Wouldn't you want to be like, I'm a great politician. Like- That's how I solve the problem. So Congressman Duncan Hunter had finally pled, uh, pleaded guilty to conspiracy to use campaign contributions as his own personal source of income. It was a long saga. Hunter and his wife were wrapped up in a campaign fund spending scandal. Eventually, details came out that they were using the, about how they were using the money. They were accused of misusing more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars for all kinds of things: uh, restaurants, ski rendezvous. Uh, bunnies on airplanes, private schools, vacations, Costco, some white shit, <laughs> lots of 
Lots of, lots of white stuff. Uh, so he could face up to five years, but there was rather dramatic sentencing guideline sort of recommendations from the prosecutors that will make that much less, it seems like, unless the judge really rejects their advice. Uh, so, he, But he probably will go behind the bars. We'll see, maybe a little bit. His interview with KUSI was incredibly vague, but it seemed like he was conceding that he would serve jail time um, if you listen to what he's saying, because he essentially said he really hoped that his wife wouldn't serve jail time because Mm -hmm. he thought his kids deserved to have a parent in the home, which seems like an admission that he won't be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, also, uh, Donald Trump is obviously going to pardon him. So you think there's that. Yeah. Or, or commute it. Or commute the sentence. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we don't know exactly what he's waiting for. He has not resigned. Um, there is a there is a theory that he could be holding out to wait till after the nomination period when people submit their candidacies so that there is no special election. Because if he were to resign right now, um, before the nomination period closes, there would have to be a special election to cover the period between now and when the new person takes the office. Or... Another, or if they wait another week or so, then it could go for another year empty. And so we don't know if there's going to be a special election. But all in all, the fact that he probably won't run again seems like bad news for the Democrat. That seems like the Democrats, this is the most conservative district in the state. And so for a Democrat to win, they kind of needed somebody who was under like the worst accusations yeah, out they, there, right? Yeah, they're, I think, the, the safe version of of their path to victory was somehow Duncan Hunter gets through despite being under indictment. And then they have a one-on-one matchup with a very vulnerable candidate. And can we do a special hero of the week for Morgan Cook? Yes. So how long ago was it? Four years ago? April 2016. April 2016, she breaks a not large story about questions about how he's spending his money Prosecutors see that and end up investigating. And finally, after years and years of being attacked as fake news, conspiracy, all this stuff. Yeah, I can't tell you how many, you know, he doesn't do a lot of public events, Duncan Hunter, but when he'd appear at chamber lunches and stuff, he would make so many offhand derogatory comments about the Union Tribune, about how they were biased in attacking him. And it was solely because of this work that Morgan Cook was doing. And now he's pleading guilty and essentially admitting that, you know, it was all right. Yeah. And just to reiterate, the reason why this is bad is you don't want people to be able to put money into politicians' pockets, right? That's that's why like you don't want them to buy ski vacations for them or otherwise make their lives easier monetarily. And and that's why you're not supposed to use campaign dollars for private uses. There's actually three areas, you know, governance, campaigning, or legislative issues that you can you can spend that money on. And it's supposed to be protected that way. And that's why that's so important because otherwise if somebody gives you a thousand dollars to your campaign and you go and take a trip with that, they've bought you a trip. Yeah. There is the, it does get a little squirrely around debt retirement. Yeah. Well, if you, re- yeah, if you, if you, if that's the one way you can legally get money into your pockets. If you lend your campaign money and then you pay it back with contributions, then they, they're literally putting money in your pocket. So, yes, it's not, it's not a clean system. It's not easily understood, but that's the principle at stake here. And when he said, oh, it's a mistake, it wasn't a mistake. He he took the money and used it for stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, the very beginning of this, they were going with some version of like campaign file, like, oh, we misfiled some stuff. This is not misfiled. Was it like a credit card mix-up? Yeah, I think he initially said yeah. that his kids used the credit card. Right. And then at various points, it was his wife's fault and then it was a mistake. And Yeah. And yeah, so now we know. He was knowingly and intentionally spending money that was given to his campaign to support his luxurious lifestyle. Thanks for listening to the Voice of San Diego podcast, the most popular political affairs podcast recorded in downtown San Diego. If you like this podcast and want to support us, now is the time to do that. We need you, please, to step up. Join Voice of San Diego during our fundraising campaign. All of the things we do, all the stories, all the podcasts, everything that you follow requires resources. Go to vosd.org slash give vosd.org slash give and uh, make a contribution. Even a few bucks helps our numbers in all kinds of ways. I'm Scott Lewis, CEO and Editor-in-Chief. Andrew Keats is Assistant Editor. Sarah Libby's Managing Editor. And this show is produced by Nate John, Megan Wood, and Adriana Held Heldes. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.